What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashiba Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's Word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiba? Girl, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's Let's go. go. Hey, ladies. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. We are in Jonah chapter four today. And like, we are super grateful, super Mm -hmm. thankful for how Jonah has been all up in our mix. The Holy Spirit has been using the book of Jonah in so many ways. And we're grateful to have journeyed with each of you through the book of Jonah. And so we're going to close out Jonah chapter four today. Leah, you're going to read for us. You want to dig in here? Let's go. All right. Okay, ladies, this is Jonah chapter four in the CSB. Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. He prayed to the Lord, please, Lord, isn't this what I said while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled towards Tarshish in the first place. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and one who relents from sending disaster. And now, Lord, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. The Lord asked, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah left the city and found a place east of it. He made himself a shelter there and sat in its shade to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God appointed a plant and it grew over Jonah to provide shade for his head to rescue him from his trouble. Mm. Jonah was greatly pleased with the plant. When dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant and it withered. As the sun was rising, God appointed a scorching east wind. The sun beat down on Jonah's head so much that he almost fainted and he wanted to die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. Then God asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Yes, it's right, he replied. I'm angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you cared about the plant, which you did not labor over and did not grow. It appeared in a night and perished in a night. So may I not care about the great city of Nineveh, which has more than 120,000 people who cannot distinguish between their right and their left, as well as many animals? And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. How many Bible books, how many books in the Bible end with just a straight up question like that? Just a straight up question. Just a straight up question. And it is, that's why I said Jonah, Jonah has us out here on um, humility and a deep desperation for. Yes. Confession is so much more in our right, lives. Right, right. A lot of um, self-reflection. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a huge uh, takeaway in yeah. the season from the book of Jonah that I've had mm-hmm. is like the Lord is dealing with the matters of the heart. Yeah. And it's so funny because Jonah gets a bad rap, man. We be ragging on him. But through this book, like, I don't know about you ladies, but I'm like, oh, it's me. Like Taylor Swift, like, hi, it's me. I'm the problem, right? Like, I'm the Jonah. I'm the Jonah. 
Mm-hmm. It's me. It's me. It's um, me. In the midst of all of this, like, let's just sort of wrap up this book as we reflect on Jonah 4, this last chapter. Yeah. And um, our key takeaway for Jonah chapter four is that God's character is both consistent and righteous. Mm-hmm. And ours is not. Ours is not. And ours ours is not. Is, okay. We are not consistent. And we are not righteous. righteous okay. In our own. The, these, uh, yes. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. And yet God is still faithful and is pointing us to the faithfulness of God and what he does. And so looking at our key players as we're going through the rest of uh, the book of Jonah, we're now in like episode four or Mm -hmm. scene four, right? And so the players are the same. We have the Lord and Jonah and Leah, you and I were talking about chapter four is a counseling session. The Lord, if if you don't know him as wonderful counselor, right? Jonah chapter four is wonderful counselor, okay? Mighty God, Mm -hmm. everlasting father, okay? But literally wonderful counselor. So key people, the Lord Jonah, what's going on in the text is that Jonah has proclaimed repentance Mm -hmm. and the Ninevites do repent. Mm -hmm. And then we get to chapter four and it says that Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. Mm -hmm. And so... Jonah is not pleased with how the Lord has responded to redeem a repentant people. He has an issue with that. And so God engages Jonah in this dialogue, in this counseling session around righteous anger versus unrighteous anger. Mm -hmm. And to help, it's almost like he is uh, uh, sort of in a back current. Mm saying like, do you see me? Do you see me rightly? And do you see yourself rightly? Right. right. And do you see this whole situation rightly? Are you saying I see it? That's it. That's it. I like that um, all throughout. I mean, we can even nail just like the verses where we see, uh, where we observe, if we will, and look and see Jonah's unrighteous anger. Yeah. In this chapter, right? In mm-hmm. in right away in verse one, he's greatly displeased. He mm-hmm. becomes furious. Mm-hmm. Um, in verse three, he says, It's better for me to die than to live. Take my life. <laughs> and he says, Take my life three times. Yeah. He says it three times. Three times. Three times in three, in eight, and, eight nine. and in nine. And so he is like, I would rather die. Mm-hmm than to see a people be redeemed, my goodness. Yeah, so that so he's got this very, I mean, he's very angry mm-hmm. um, and it is an unrighteous anger versus the, the places in chapter four where we see God's, <laughs> God's righteous anger, if you will, yes, or yes. how God relates to anger. Mm-hmm. And you can see that in verse two, right? Where mm-hmm. Jonah calls him out as the God who is gracious and compassionate, mm-hmm. slow to anger mm-hmm. and abounding in faithful love. Yeah. Relenting from sending disaster. Yeah. Right. And then again in verse four, the Lord is like, is it right for you to be angry? angry? Like, yeah. how do I relate to anger? Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Again in six, in nine, and in, and then in yeah. eleven, he mm-hmm. says, I care about this great city. So he's this is how God is relating to his his relationship with anger or his mm-hmm. righteous anger, which is yeah. um 
tempered and engaged with mm-hmm. compassion and mercy, but yeah, yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. However, I'm just like, here we look and we see this dialogue between Jonah's unrighteous anger and God's relationship with. And anger. yes, 100%. And we see it as well that Jonah's anger in our, in the human sense is very quick. It's a quick anger. And then you see this conversation and God is graciously inviting him in towards a compassionate mm-hmm. posture of repentance and seeing his own anger, right? Like God is like, my, my process is slow because my whole desire is that you will be in fellowship and relationship with me. That's right. And Jonah is out here on a quick shot like, that's why I fled quickly. Right. Like, I'm making quick moves here. Yeah. Matter of fact, let, let me move quick. Just take my life. That's a quick move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So taking place, we're still um, transitioning out of Nineveh, right? In chapter four, Jonah's leaving the city after he has pronounced uh, this call towards repentance. And then he's heading he's like, east of it. I'm out. I'm out. He said, I did what you said. I'm heading east. And he makes that known very, very clear. Right. And then we have our key verse, which is four and two that says he prayed to the Lord. Please, Lord, isn't this what I said while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled towards Tarshish in the first place. I knew that you are gracious and and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and one who relents from sending disaster. And then we see these key terms as Leah and I have already sort of unpacked it because we are just like so excited about and and just like been in soaking into the text, but these two key terms of anger Mm -hmm. and what is right and righteous, right? And then we see the repeated word of God um, appointing. He appointed the plant. He appointed a worm and he appointed a, a scorching wind. And then the last repeated word that we see as well that I think I really wanna draw out which is at the end in verses 10 and 11. He's talking about care. You cared about the plant. So may I not care about the great city of Nineveh? There there is something there that God is trying to pull out of his heart to help him see of this word care. Mm -hmm. So as we dig into what does this mean, we're looking at what the original audience Israel would be processing, thinking as we look at Jonah and the Ninevites as well as God in conversation to Jonah, looking at some of these cross-references, the the themes and, and some of these doctrines as well. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now.
And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Leah, talk to us particular. There was a there was a verse that really stood out from Exodus 34, 6 through 7. Why don't you read that for us and then let's have a conversation? Well, yeah. So this is where Jonah gets his theology from in verse 2, that God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. Mm-hmm. That theology that Jonah is touting and um, kind of misusing, if you will, comes straight from Exodus 34. Um, and in starting in verse five, it says, the Lord came down in a cloud, stood with him there, that's Moses, and proclaimed his name and proclaimed the Lord's name, the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Lord passed in front of Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, Mm. forgiving iniquity, rebellion, Mm. and sin, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. Moses immediately knelt low to the ground and worshiped. Mm -hmm. So it's it's right here. Jonah is very familiar (laughs) with Mosaic theology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of God's character, who is slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. This is how they characterize the Yahweh, the God yeah. of uh, Israel. Mm-hmm. And yet we see him, Jonah, harnessing this theology for a justification mm. for his own rebellious attitude. Yes. He's like, I knew, I know. Ooh, can we talk, right. a, can we talk about manipulating the text? Mm-hmm. Jonah is manipulating the text for his benefit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole, that's an application. I don't need that. Yeah. Leah, keep going. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to let you have that. But Yeah. I, I, I oh. mean, right there, I think that, that we can see and we can probably look into mm-hmm. our own context yes. and know all the places where good theology is harnessed for bad reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what happens when we seek to manipulate a text for our comforts? Mm-hmm. But that's what's so good about God. God's character is that he is faithful. Yeah. He is faithful. And his words do not return void. Mm-hmm. And he has the final say. Right. I'm yeah. just, let me be quiet. Go ahead, girl. Well, it it is. I mean, it's true that like God's character is so consistent. It's consistent. He's so righteous. So Jonah is calling out what is true about God. Yes. And yet Jonah's character is not consistent and it's not righteous because this is it. what would be consistent and righteous is Jonah saying, you are this way, God. And so as your image bearer and as your prophet, I'm going to emulate that to the people that you love. Mm-hmm. But instead he's saying, you are this way, God. Mm-hmm. And that gets on my nerves in this context. Mm-hmm. And so I actually know that I would rather die or mm-hmm. just go in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And trying mm-hmm. to justify that with what is true about God, um, what he believes to be true about God, which is his theology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so talk about these when we're in Jonah 4, 
the themes of scripture, the meta narrative, right? As we talk about often creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, where do we see those themes in Jonah 4? Yeah. And how do we see those yeah. pop out? Yeah. I mean, we, we really see it um, in God's care for his creation, right? Is like, he's created the people of Nineveh. And so he cares for them even when they are afar off. And it says the one who is relenting disaster, this language of disaster is talking about creation, mm-hmm. right? It's it's him appointing plants and worms. We see it all throughout chapter four, the plant, the worm, the east wind. He literally cares for his creation and will use his creation to point back to who he is. And so we see God's care for his creation, right? And his people, and his people to say, like, do I not care? Even in verse 11, he says, don't, so may, may I not care about the great city of Nineveh, which has more than 120,000 people who cannot distinguish between their right and their left, as well as many animals. And so God's care for creation what he has created is good. And because he has endowed it with his goodness, he cannot neglect it. Right. He cannot neglect Mm -hmm. his goodness in what he has created. And then God created Jonah and cares for him equally, even when his heart is still afar off, right? talk about it because he's literally giving Jonah an opportunity to engage in dialogue. Like we talked about, like Mm. he's he's having a counseling session with him. Yeah, yeah. Even when his heart is so far off. Yeah, yeah. And graciously, he is not specifically calling out his sin. Yeah. He is asking him to search his heart. That's right. Is the questions. The questions yeah. Yeah. Is it right for you to be angry? Mm-hmm. God is counseling the inner parts of who he is. Because Jonah has done the outward acts of obedience. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying it means nothing. If your heart, mm-hmm. if your heart is not submitted towards my very character and my desire for creation. And then we see he creates this plant to care for Jonah, created the wind and the sun to graciously reveal Jonah's sinful attitude. And what do we see? Jonah is in a state where he is watching judgment come. Mm-hmm. He is watching judgment come, which is even more a revelation of not redemption, mm-hmm. but more of the fall. Yeah. And instead of being schooled on God's redemptive heart, mm-hmm. he is more locked in in his fallenness. Waiting for judgment to fall. Waiting for judgment to yeah. fall. Yeah. 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 There, there is a lot there with. Uh, Jonah just like sitting sort of distantly from the city, waiting for God's judgment to fall while simultaneously receiving God's mercy, like frustrated that God's mercy is being received elsewhere as well. Like he's receiving, he's actively receiving God's mercy. He's actively receiving God's grace. And he's actively at the same time waiting for judgment 
on another people. Yeah. And if that is not a whole like double-edged sword to expose the thoughts and intentions of our own hearts, I don't know what is. And how we can misunderstand theology. We can misunderstand what we actually believe about God in a real moment where God is saying, do I not care for you and them? Mm-hmm. You know, like theology is meant to, sh- it's it's for the goal of understanding who God is and what we believe about him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And in moments where we are in places that contradict themselves, the spirit is illuminating what we misunderstand right. about God. Right, yeah. It's it's this, um, I heard someone call it like Jonah's masterclass on reality. Like Jonah's getting a masterclass on reality. Like mm-hmm. you have a certain perspective that is tiny mm-hmm. and it's centered around you. I, as the Lord, have a whole other perspective that is massive yeah. and extends to all yeah. that I have made. Yeah, which speaks to the omniscience of God. Yes. That God, when we're talking about God's character and his attributes, God is omniscient. He knows all things. And then he's also, right? Mm -hmm. He also is not just omniscient, but he's omnipotent because he's showing his power to still harness things, right? right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he has through the whole book. Like he's been sending and sending and sending and sending and that's why I love, like, lest we forget, the whole title of this little mini series that we're doing is Sent. Because even as he sends Jonah, <laughs> reluctantly and rebelliously goes, he's sending the whole way these different elements that are submitted to him in creation, yeah. harnessed and appointed yeah. for his purposes. Yeah. And it's like, mm. listen, the fish. The plant, mm-hmm. right? The scorching wind are the, more obedient than Jonah. Mm-hmm. Even the worm, even the worm, even the worm. Mm, mm, mm. So, so at, as we look at these themes, we've talked about a lot of these already. But um, you know, we've talked about how there's a contrast between Jonah's anger and God's anger. And I just want to say, like, it's so funny because Jonah, throughout this chapter, is like over and over again, like you said to Shiva, it's better for me to die than to live. Yeah. And yeah. God is like, it's better for them to live than to die. Yes. Like that's his conclusion. Yes, yes. And in the midst of it, it just exposes how God's righteousness and goodness is so high yeah. and our anger is yeah. so self-righteous yeah. and yeah. wrong. Yeah, he's not, and this is of course in in new new covenant language, but he doesn't grasp that he has come, God has come that you may have life and life to the full. Mm-hmm. Well, what that's not your, that's not no uh, uh, name and claim type of stuff. That is life to the full is found in him. That's right. And Jonah's missing the boat. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Which is why he is, there is this tension of this contrast between Jonah's anger and God's anger, right? Mm. There's this there's this beauty that God is after the heart of the wicked just as much as he's after the heart of the self-righteous. Talk about it. Talk about it. He's like, yeah. it's not a one or the other. Mm-hmm. 
And and the, for us in our human minds, especially as Leah, you and I were talking about this this week, as we live in a polarized culture, the polarizing of secularism says it has to be one or the other. But right. the kingdom, right? The kingdom currency says right. I've come for the wicked and the self righteous. Right. Right. Because one appears far off and one appears near, but they're both far off. Far off. Come on, because they're on. not resting in grace through faith alone. They're not abiding and remaining in the love. And so the places. Let's jump into how we apply this and how we live this I out. Know, because I like the there. places where we assume that we are near by our own merit and by our own righteousness. We are far off. Mm. And so when we look at, in, I mean, yeah, just when we look at our own hearts. Mm-hmm. I would pray that those of us who are believing that God is waiting to get those people who are far off Mm. would return to this place where, no, 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 no. God's heart is redemption for you and for all people, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. For you and for all people. And so when we lean on that self-righteousness, we are leaning on an idol, Mm-hmm. We are idolatrous in our hearts to believe that we are near to God by our own doing, by our own works. Mm. And God is inviting us to lay it all down, mm-hmm. to lay it all down, mm-hmm. to lay it all down. Mm. You know, mm. I think of also like on this heart level, man, this is wild to me, Toshiba. As I was reading this whole chapter, like this thread of Jonah's love, his extreme love for his selfish comfort just kept sticking out mm-hmm. to me, right? Mm-hmm. So he he actually, the only time in the whole book where he- He was pleased. Tell us when pleased. he was pleased. Tell us when he's he was a, pleased, he's a, he's a whiny curmudgeon through the whole book. And the only time when he's pleased- Come on. Is when he gets some shade for his head to rescue him from his trouble. Mm-hmm. Which Leah and I, I was about like, to fall out on the floor laughing. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I told Leah when she, when we were talking about this, I said, ain't that some irony? He's getting some shade yeah. to rescue him from his trouble. I said, oh, he got some shade. All right. Got some shade. The Lord is throwing him some shade. Okay. For all of our urban yeah. uh, dictionary people. He got some shade. All right. That's right. Okay. That's right. And it's a cautionary tale, right, Leah? It's a cautionary tale on our extreme love of selfish comfort over joy in the love of God. Mm-hmm. And speak to that a little bit because you were talking about um, how the spirit has been working in your own heart around this very thing. Yeah, I mean, for the reason that it just stuck out to me so much is the way that we can look for comfort over engaging in the mission of God, which is God's love for people, right? Mm-hmm. And especially in a city and especially in an urban context mm-hmm. is like, we're, we could have, we could have, you know, you could look at a city and you could say, people talk about like, this is my concrete playground, right? Like, this is my place where I can mm-hmm. eat and listen and mm-hmm. watch and delight mm-hmm. all throughout the city. Mm-hmm. And and si- the city, as we even think about Nineveh as this great city, is a place where there is so much blindness. People don't know their right from their left. Don't know the right from their left. They are unaware. 
they're walking around every day thinking they super dope, doing super dope stuff. Right. And they don't know. That's what he said. They don't know they right from they they left. Right from their left. And so the for God, his heart is broken. Yeah. And his love compels a mission, right? Which is often us. We are sent Uh into these places. But imagine God's heart. If I am sent into the city to be light and mission for, for Jesus to be known. And I go into that spot like, oh man, all I'm really about is this banging restaurant and this place where I can get a great sunset view and this, you know what I'm saying? Like the music scene and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm indulging in the comforts of the city without seeing God's heart for the city, which is, we talked about this, the currency of God's heart, which is people, the Mm -hmm. people, the people. Currency of the kingdom. He wants people to know him. And so I I don't know how that hits y'all, but it hits me. Oh yeah. One plant does not equal 120,000 people in the mm-hmm. kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. And it is an invitation from the Lord for us to be aware of, am I seeking my comforts mm-hmm. over kingdom mission? Yeah. yeah it, it's just, it's, it can't get no plainer than that. It can't. And, and also we're not saying... Your life 24-7 is consumed of, of mission. God wants us to delight in what he has created. But when it is being misused and you are neglecting the mission That's of right. God yeah. that God has placed between your two feet and in your proximity, you are actually off mission. Mm-hmm. And you're seeking your own comfort. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard word. That's a real word. That's a real word. Talking about the head. Whew. Leah, let's talk about it. I'm sitting here like, okay, Lord, but wait, there's more. There is more. Mm. Mm -hmm. So as we engage with how can we live this out through, we've talked about the heart. Now we're going to talk about the heads and then the hand, um, the hands. When we think of the people in our cities, as we talk about cities, who like are those that we have decided just don't receive God's mercy, Mm. we've decided to put ourselves in opposition of God's heart, which is a merciful God. Mm -hmm. And we, I know that there are those that the church has decided, has deemed un- savable, right? Right. Unredeemable, mm-hmm. um, not deserving of mercy and would rather see judgment on. I know that there are entire countries. Come on, let's talk about it right now in our, in our current events. Come on. Who we have decided don't deserve mercy, mm-hmm. but that talk is about just it. absolutely in opposition of God's heart. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I just want us to have that, that check in our spirit when we tend towards creating a whole category or a whole group of people who de- who we've decided unrighteously don't deserve God's mercy. Mm, mm, mm. And, and that our theology, when we understand the story of scripture, it will lead the 99 to go after a one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is the most, it's like, oh, they're just over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think about Levi as well, who's a tax collector. Mm -hmm. Like, 
he was on the margins. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't deserve it because he been out here playing all of us. Right. He doesn't deserve it. And yet, what God is saying is everyone is deserving of my mercy. Mm-hmm. He delights to show mercy. Yeah. And, you know, as we were talking about this as well, like much of Jonah's um, posture, you can tell that there are some subtleties of like, I knew that you would do this. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm fleeing to Tarshish because I didn't really want that for them. It's almost as if Jonah is operating out of his trauma instead of the reality yeah. of who God is. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. It, it's It's like he's living there. He is operating in a spirit of unforgiveness and unforgiveness. Holy Spirit. Mm, Talk about it. Unforgiveness is always connected to anger. Talk to any counselor Mm -hmm. and you're going to have unrighteous anger coming out of unforgiveness. And so him sitting there is a testament towards, I want to see them destroy. It is so clear. Mm. Have mercy on us. Yeah. Have mercy on me. Yeah. You know, I have, I have had this week, Leah, I have had some points of contention and God has been working on my soul towards, do I believe that the love of God is truly steadfast? Mm -hmm. Because if it is, then that means I am not operating out of my experience of what's taking place, but I'm looking eternally. So my eternal view, my vertical is impacting my horizontal. Mm -hmm. That's good. I'm I'm so glad you said that, Toshiba, because... My vertical is impacting my horizontal, girl. When we think about the Ooh. horizontal in Jonah, it's so easy to cast it so broad of like a people group, this abstract sort of this great people, Nineveh, this great city. But you just drove it home to us of like our everyday yeah. interpersonal relationships yeah. that can be impacted in the same way. Like when we think of... Um, our sister who who does call to the ones, right? Yeah, like, yo deep, yo deep, uh-huh. yo deep. Yeah, mm-hmm. bless, 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 bless you, yo deep. Yo, you may not be listening. I don't know, but it's like yes, yo deep. Think of being sent, like yeah. this whole theme of sent through John to the ones, and we not. are sent mm-hmm. to one mm-hmm. at a time. At a time, we are sent to our coworker. Mm-hmm. We are sent to our neighbor in the mm-hmm. townhouse next to ours. Mm-hmm. We are sent to our children every morning when they wake mm-hmm. up. We are sent to mm-hmm. our spouses, our our brother or sister. In the local church, our actual brother or Girl, sister in our dysfunctional families. Like, I, I, we are sent in those places where God is unbelieving like, parents. I want to see my mercy mm. for this image bearer. Mm. And I want to use you to bring it. And I want to use your words to draw them into my compassion. Mm. But we often fall so short and we will use our words to draw them into a seat of judgment. Yes. 
Yes. Have mercy on us, have God. Mercy May it not be us. so. Oof, for us as your daughters who are commissioned, who are sent with this treasure, this message that is life-giving. Mm. So I'm just going to pray for us. Lord Jesus, you hear our hearts. You hear us here at the end of this Jonah study, knowing that our hearts are laid on the operating table. You hear us as we cry for your mercy. Yes, Lord. When so many times we have fallen into yes, Lord. people who judge rather than carry yes, your Lord. compassion. Yes, Lord. Would you embody us and renew us, God? Yes, Lord. To be people who carry words of life and yes. compassion wherever you send us. Yes, Lord. You are sending us, God. Yes, help you us care about what you care about, You are sending us to our, about, sending us to our homes. Help you are us, sending Lord. us in our neighborhoods. Help us. Have and would we see with your eyes, would we see your yes, reality Lord. that you're thinking so big and yes. so expansively you about all that God. you have made? All of your image bears that they would come to know you. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Renew us with this truth and then send us out to do your work, your will with yes, your love. Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.